Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in a series we're doing called Interacting Well. Um, Interacting Well, this series we've, we've, we're into now for about a month. The last series we did was called Developing Well, where we talked about the Beatitudes and developing the attitudes uh, in cooperation with the Spirit of God that we need as citizens of the kingdom. And at the end of the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, there are verses about being salt and light in the world. And um, as, we, as we sort of looked at those verses, that's where this series sort of came from, um, the idea of interacting well. Uh, in the world around us, and, and that in order to interact well in the world around us, we need to be interacting well with God. And so we've used sort of as the basis of this particular series, then, um, the verses known as the Great Commandment. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That, that to me, this sort of encapsulates the idea of interacting well, loving God, and loving others. And so we've been breaking it down. And we, we took that first part, love God, with all your heart, with all your uh, soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And we've been looking at that sort of a concept at a time. We've talked about loving him with our heart. We've talked about loving him with our soul. And last week we talked about loving him with our mind. This week we're going to be talking about loving him with our strength. But before we do that, you know, last week I said uh, we were talking about loving God with our minds. And I asked you if anybody here ever had any random thoughts, and most of you said that you do at different times, and I said that's good. And so I had a random thought for you that I thought I'd share today, just, just one random thought, and um, we'll just leave it there. So, so here was the random thought. A bus station is where a bus stops. A train station is where a train stops. On my desk, I have a workstation. Just random <laughs> scripture reading. Not random. John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So, so far, as I said, we've talked about loving God with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our mind. And, and those are sort of, um, those are inward things. But loving God with our strength is an outward expression of those things that we've talked about. Loving God with our strength is the outward expression of loving Him, heart, soul, and mind. So I want to look at this idea today together. Point number one then, how do we love God with all our strength? How do we love God with all our strength? Um, we love Him in this manner by, by every day choosing to live for Him 
with all that we are. And, and there's something in this idea that I'm, I'm hoping that I can convey to you today that, that will, um, you'll be able to take with you and that will, will make sense in the process. See, when we talk about loving God with our strength, with all our strength, it's not simply about loving Him in our own strength. Um, it's really about loving Him with the strength that He gives us. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. And in this idea is something that I think is life-changing in the life of a believer. Everything that we have has been given to us by God. Everything that we have. And, and God will not ask us to give something that He has not already given us. And in this concept, there's something that's, that's completely life-changing and liberating for you. And so, so what we need to do in, in this uh, concept now, in this idea, is that we're to live each day as people who understand that, that everything that God requires of us to give, He has already given to us. He has not required ever that we give anything that He hasn't given to us, and He never will. And when we really begin to understand that our Christian life is through Him, everything changes. It's, it, it will change the way that you look at everything. Our Christian life is through Him. Oftentimes we start thinking it's all on us. See, it's our, our everything. You know what I mean? It's our effort and it's our performance and it's us, you know. This, and, and when we begin to realize that our entire Christian life is through Him, it changes everything. See, we need to see ourselves as receivers of what God wants us to have and then as givers, um, just giving whatever He would ask us to give. And this should be the way of our lives. We're to receive and give um, in, this, in this flow of God in our lives. We're receivers because He loves us and we're to be givers because He, he loves us and loves others. And this should be the, the process and the concept of our lives. And, and you know, don't, don't reduce this to, to a financial thing. It's not even really where I'm at. It's, it's, it's the idea that we all receive different gifts from God. Um, uh, we all receive different talents from God. We all receive different abilities from God. And, and we receive these things from Him so that we can be givers of them. And, and uh, in order to, to demonstrate His glory. And so in loving God with all our strength, we, just, we need to figure out how God wants us to give from the blessings and the gifts and the talents we receive from Him. Great verse here in 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. And I, I, you know, I often leave you things. I try and say, look, think about this this week. These verses are what I want you to consider this week. These, these are amazing verses. 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. His divine power has given us everything we need. That's verse 1. Pop down to verse 3. Is it up there? Upstairs. And there we go. And that, that's not it either. It's the wrong chapter. All right, don't worry about that. Second Peter 1, 3 and 4. Write it down. You're going to have to look it up later. We got the wrong slides up there. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Let me read it to you again because it's, it's not up there. So it's, it don't even, just go to some, can you go to something else? Because so, it's distracting, I think. I have to go to a blank thing. Oh, that's me. That's good. That's even better. <laughs> now, now, does that mean I'm a blank thing? Now think about that. <laughs> Prophetically, what just happened? 
a blank thing. Boom, picture of me. Oh, good. Thank you. Let me read it to you again, because I want you to think about this all week. 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. His divine power, His divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these... He has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. His divine power enables us to live this life for him and enables us to escape all of the, the, the mess of the world around us, all of its messy desires, all of its... See, where, where we often lose life is that we get wrapped up in the things that the culture believes are most important instead of hanging on to what God wants. And our culture is a mess. It's fearful. It's broken. Um, it's, it's anxious. It's constantly striving to, to, you know, just kind of grab a hold of itself. It doesn't trust uh, in anything but its own abilities and its own strength and people live under that and it, and it infects us and when we live under that we can't really experience the life that we're called to but in that verse I just read to you 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4 I want you to look at His divine power His power has given us everything we need to live for Him and so the idea of, of a life of loving God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength is never about following a bunch of rules it's about um, experiencing the life-changing power of God that's available to us. It's, it's a life-giving power that changes everything and allows us to live for Him in His amazing grace and mercy. And so to me then, uh, this idea, as, and you, you're going to hear me say this point, you've heard it a lot of times if you've been here, this idea of loving God with all our strength is demonstrated this way in point number two, living by trying to do the next right thing. If you've come here at all, you heard it, you hear it pretty much every week. It's it just, to me, it's the heart of the idea of how we live for Him. And as we begin to experience the real life that comes from living in His divine power as receivers and givers, what we should do is begin to comprehend that He is way better at taking care of us than we are. He's just way better at this than we are. And I hope you can relate to that. Um, God's, God is so much better at taking care of you than you that it's, it's really, there's no sort of comparison even. And yet we often struggle here and we keep trying to take care of ourselves and we miss out on the life that God has for us. And what we have to do in this idea is, so loving Him all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul should, should move in uh, through us and then out of us so, so that we realize that we can trust Him and that we want to live for Him. Now, to do that a lot of times, we have to break free from one trap that I think really holds a lot of people back. And it's, it's the way that they look at God. It's the way that they view God. And, and sometimes the way, that they, the way that they think about God doesn't even match what they say with their mouths, but it becomes a reality to them. And then they live under this misconception. And the, and the misconception is this, that somehow God... Um, is, is sort of always kind of watching what you're doing so that when you mess up, he can get you for it. And, and th we struggle with this. People struggle with this because we're so performance-oriented in our lives that it's hard for us to break free from that to experience God the way he wants us to. And so a lot of people have this idea of God being a big meanie in the sky that just wants to punish them whenever they mess up. And 
And the way that you can understand if you're thinking like that, the way, and it's really, it's a, it's a great tool to see if you really believe that, even though you say, yeah, I don't. When something goes badly in your life, and, and this is a broken world, fallen planet, this stuff happens. But if your thought is, in your thought process, you begin to think to yourself, I wonder what I've done, because obviously God is punishing me for something. What is it that I've done? If you have that thought process, there's something that's not right in the way that you're looking at your relationship with God. Because that's not who God is. See, what you need to know in order to live this thing out and, and how it all starts to work out in, in heart, mind, soul, and then strength is the reality that God loves you and that God is for you. That God demonstrated that at the cross. There's no clear way to demonstrate his love for you. He is all in in his relationship with you. He's made it clear. He wants you all in in your relationship with him. And, and what you need to know in order to, to live this way is that, that sometimes... We will mess up. Even, even when, we're, when we want desperately to, to love him with all that we are, we will still choose wrongly in the course of our life. Um, instead of doing the next right thing, we'll do something other than the next right thing. But here's what you have to know in order to continue on in him the way that he wants you to, to experience the life that he has for you. When you do mess up, what you do is, is you don't let guilt and shame get on you and you go, oh, there it is again, and then, oh, I'm going to get in big trouble now and all that other stuff. What you do is this. You just, you just go and you turn to God and you go running back towards him. Now, now listen, see, if you think he's a big meanie, you won't go. But, but God is a loving God. There's a parable about the loving father in the Bible that's one of the best parables going. Most people know the parable as the parable of the prodigal son. And, and so you've heard that rather than being called the parable of the loving father. But it's really about a loving father because if you don't catch what's going on, you miss it. The son, prodigal as he is, with a picture of all of us, basically you think about what the son has done. He, said, he says to his father at one point in his life, look, I really can't wait for you to die to get the inheritance because you're hanging on way too long. That's what he says. Could you give me my share now? I want to go and have some fun. I'm tired of waiting for you to die. And the father says, okay, son, I love you, here you go. Gives it to him. The son goes off, and you know the story, he squanders it. He, he wastes it in his life fairly quickly. And then he realizes that that wasn't what he should have done. And he thinks to himself, look, I, I've blown it so bad, I can't go back as a son. But, but maybe he'd, he, if I just go in and if I, if I sort of scrape the ground and beg and grovel, maybe he'd just take me back as a servant, because even they had it better than I got it right now. And so he starts rehearsing and he goes walking back to the father. But see, you, you know the loving father. What the loving father does is that he sees him a long way off because he's been looking for him to come back. He sees him a long way. And what does he do? Does he let him come in and scrape and beg and grovel? He goes running. The father goes running to the son and picks him up and just grabs a hold of him and hugs him. And, you know, the son has all these ideas of things he's want to say. You know, he's rehearsed. Oh, God, I, you know, he said, Dad, you know, I, I did this. I didn't. And the father doesn't even really let him get out. He just says, you're back. I know what that means. Boom. And he loves him and restores him. I love you so much. I've been waiting for you to come back. Now just live the way you're called to live. See, that's how the Father interacts with us. He loves us. This amazing love. We, when we mess up, what we need to do is realize we've messed up. And the, and the Bible says we're to go and confess our sin. That word confess, you know, I've told you this, is a compound word that means it's homologeo, which means same word. And what we do is we go to the Father with the same word. And what that means is rather than just going and saying, you know, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again, which probably isn't true because you probably will do it again um, for, you know, hopefully, but, but you know what I mean. But he, you go and you say, 
you were right, I was wrong. Your way was right, my way was wrong. See, there's something in that confession that will begin to change you because you're admitting that you shouldn't, you, it, his way is right and your way isn't. And see, that's life. When, when, we, we need to do this life his way. We've talked about that in heart, mind, and soul. His way. And any time in the culture when there's a misunderstanding or a difference between his way and the culture's way, always go his way. It's always going to be better. Do it his way. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own. Trust him with all that you are. We talk all in. This whole, this idea of loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, it's a picture of being all in. We're just to love him with all that we are as best we can every day. Now with that in mind, uh, I want to talk about um, how, to, how to do this thing uh, sort of practically. I've got a few ideas for you about living this thing out practically on a day-to-day -day basis. So it all comes out of 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. When you're tempted, he'll provide a way out so that you can stand up under it, which means that you can do the next right thing. Three quick points. Point A, when you're tempted, when you are tempted. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 said just that, when you're tempted. Now listen, one of the things I like to do when I, when I think about this practically is just change that just a little bit and, and give you something to think about by, by asking you that part of this verse this way, when are you tempted? That that's what you need to think of. When are you tempted? Because I think if we think about it, um, we can sort of get ahead of it a little bit because my, my thoughts about temptation is that you don't just sort of go from hanging out here in one spot with God to all of a sudden doing something you shouldn't be doing like that. It's a process. And so there's, there's little triggers along the way. There's little things that take place along the way that sort of ease you in that direction of doing something you shouldn't. And if we can figure out what those look like, then, then we can get ahead of it and we don't have to end up doing the things that we shouldn't do. And so look at patterns in your life. When you, when you realize an area where you're, you're really sort of succumbing to temptation, um, there's things that you need to... What, what happened? What got you there? And start being aware of them. You know, ask yourself, well, when am I tempted? What, what was I doing? Where was I? Who was I with? Um, what, what is it exactly that tempts me? How do I feel right before I'm tempted? And, 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 and actually, the, the question there would be, how do I feel right before I actually give in to it? Under, temptation isn't the sin. Giving into it is. Everybody gets... Temptation is part of the deal. It's a fallen world, broken plan. It even says, we'll look at a verse, Jesus was tempted. He just never sinned. That's not a sin. It's what we do with it. And so what we need to understand is, these things are happening. What do they look like so we can be aware of it? And then once we get aware of it, we've got to know this, that he will always provide a way out. Always, always, always. He always provides a way out. That's point B. He will always provide a way out. There it is. I have a temptation prayer. I've taught you this before. There's some new people here. I want to teach it to them too. And this is a very powerful prayer. So when you're feeling, when you start to recognize that you're feeling tempted, that you're, you're moving in a direction you shouldn't, this is a prayer that I encourage you to pray and it will change everything. You should write this down. This is one of the ones you want to know and keep. Here's the prayer. Help! Did you, did, do I need to do it again or did you get it? Did you write that? One of the most powerful prayers you will... You don't need big, wordy prayers. You just need to pray them when you need to pray them. Help! And he always will. He is sympathetic, Jesus is, to everything you're going through. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, 
We have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And then, last point, it's, it's three in the notes, it should be C um, there. You can stand up under it. You can stand up under it. So, so when you're feeling tempted and you start realizing you pray help with that, then, then the last thing you need to do is just change your focus. Sometimes we think that what we need to do to, to get out of it is we just need to go and start going, I won't do it, I won't do it, I won't do it, I won't do it, not going to do it, not going to do it. That's you trying to use your willpower. Most of us know our willpower is not very good. And actually the whole time you're saying, not going to do it, not going to do it, not going to do it, you're thinking about it. And it's getting worse, not better. And it keeps impacting us. What you need to do is you need to change your focus. You change the direction of your thoughts. You shift your attention away from it is into something else. I always think about this like on TV. If something comes on the television that you don't want to watch, you just change the channel. Boop, and you watch something else. Same deal. If something's trying to get you that you know you shouldn't get, you help, and then change your thoughts. Think about something else. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Great verse for that. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about about such things. We think about those things. Change your focus. Cry out for help. And know that he's with you. And that his divine power is available to you to walk this walk out. He hasn't left you alone to do this in your own strength. He wants you to live this with all your strength, which is whatever strength you have, and all of his strength to help you make it through this life. And that's living this real and abundant now and forever life in Christ. All in. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. Will you turn the video off upstairs? Thanks for watching, and uh, we appreciate you doing that. And hope you'll come and visit us as soon as you can. Go to the website and check us out there. But that's good for today. All right, ministry team.